Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week three of a series called Asking for a Friend, and this series is all about answering the questions that you gave us whenever we had a survey at Easter. And at Easter, we gave a survey to our church and just said, hey, if we could answer some questions, what would be the questions that you would want answered? And so we took the most frequently asked questions from that survey and built a whole message series around that survey. And so, so far, uh, we've, man, we've done some heavy hitters and today is no different. And so today, if you're taking notes, here's the question that we're going to be answering today. And it's this, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen? And let me just go ahead and warn you right off the bat. The very first part of this message is not going to be one that you're going to amen a lot. Um, a lot of times you, you may hear some people, we, we, we like to sometimes have a little talk back church where like you just tell like, that's good. Oh, that, that's all. Yes. Preach that, you know, whatever the case is you're probably not going to do that in the first part of the message, but hang in there because at the end, hope is coming. And so just want you to know that that is, but I want to pray before we dive into God's word. Uh, and just really like, I want you to know our heart is that we never want to play church, that we really want to come in here and say, God, would you speak to us? And here's what you don't need. You don't, you don't need to hear from a man. You need to hear from God. And I believe he wants to speak to you today. And I believe that this question is a question that we've all asked. And I think God wants to give you some peace to your soul today. And so let's pray and let's give God permission to do whatever he wants to do today, okay? So God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Would you speak to us today? And um, we've all asked this question. And God, I just ask that in your grace and in your wisdom, will you speak to our souls today? And help us to walk out of here different than we walked in. Uh, We love you, and we thank you so much for Jesus, and it's through him that we pray, and everybody said, amen. Just by show of hands, how many of you have ever asked this question? Why do bad things happen? How many of you over the last 18 months have asked that question, why are some bad things happen? When I started thinking about my life, and I tried to think about when was the very first time that I personally asked this question, why do bad things happen? And the first time I asked this question, I was in eighth grade. And at the time, my best friend in the world was a guy named Josh. And I think we have a picture of me and Josh and another guy named Matt. And so that's Josh on the far left. And that, I'm blessing your soul with a senior in high school picture of me. Just soak this in just for a moment and then don't get too distracted because God wants to speak to you. But right there in the middle, that's me with the, with the perfectly manicured Caesar haircut and, 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 and chops that are right there. It's awesome. So please take that off the screen. Um, but 
Josh and I, we became best friends in third grade, and we were best friends all the way through high school, and we were very close. We played a lot of sports together. We hung out all the time, and in fact, like we were so close, and we spent so much time at each other's houses that I don't know if you've ever had a friendship where two things happened whenever you went to their house, where you had chores and you got in trouble, like you were a part of that family. Like that was me at Josh's house and Josh at my house. Like we had chores and we got in trouble at each other's house and you know, but around fifth grade, so two years after Josh and I became best friend, his mom got sick and uh, we, we always called her Miss Karen. So Miss Karen, she got sick and after a bunch of tests, doctors diagnosed her tragically with stage four melanoma skin cancer. It's the most deadly of skin cancers. And um, at this diagnosis, the doctors gave Miss Karen three months to live. Well, after a long fight, which included chemo and radiation, and as a result of that, she lost all of her beautiful red hair, and uh, she lost a ton of weight, and after about 15 to 20 surgeries, where doctors removed tumors from all over her body, after three years, a three-year fight, she died. And I distinctively remember being at the, the graveside funeral, sitting on the front row with the immediate family. It was Josh, my best friend, and his little brother, Jesse, and his dad, Mike, and me. And I remember sitting on the front row of that graveside funeral, seeing the casket go into the ground. And I remember just... The first time that I have this, remember, this remembrance of this thought of asking God, like, why? Why, is this why did this have to happen to Miss Karen of all people? Like, why do bad things happen? And the reality is, like, this is a question that we will all wrestle with. In fact, I bet that probably almost every single person in this room or watching online, you've already wrestled with this question in some way, shape, or form. And if you haven't, trust me, it's coming. And it's because the, the, the reality is, is that bad things are going to happen. Like nobody is exempt from bad days. Nobody is exempt from the hard things in life, even Christians. Like following Jesus, you need to understand this. Like the message isn't, hey, follow Jesus and then your life is gonna be perfect. Like somehow following Jesus puts you in like this protective bubble wrap that keeps you like immune from all the problems and the drama of this world. Like that's not how it works. And I think it's really important for us to know that because Jesus he even says himself in John 16, that in this world, you will. It is a promise from scripture. Nobody claims that one. We claim a lot of other promises, but this one, nah, -uh. Like nobody's gonna be, oh, I claim that promise in Jesus' name. In this world, you will put it down, mark it down. You will have trouble. Come on, aren't you so excited that you came to church today to be encouraged by the word of the Lord today? Somebody was like, hey, can you be more positive today? And I was like, okay, I am positive. You will have bad days. Like, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We, like, and we're gonna wrestle with this question. But I think if we were honest and we dug a little deeper into like the, the really the, the corners of our heart, I think the real question that we ask 
isn't always why do bad things happen. I think the question that we ask more than that is why do bad things happen to good people? In fact, this week, I I saw this on Twitter. I saw this, this tweet, and it says, I will never understand why bad things happen to the best people. And I think that is, it's, it's so easy to relate to that, right? Because I think that there's something inside of us that wants good things to happen to good people and bad things to happen to bad people. Like we want the Taliban to get nasty hangnails, but not like our sweet grandma that prays for us. Like we don't, because we, we, it's like we want, it's like there's something inside of us. That's like, yeah, we think bad things should happen to bad people and good things should happen to good people. But at its core, you need to understand that's not what Christianity is about. It's not. Like, Christians don't believe in this karma-like God who pulls cosmic strings so that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. No, if you really think about it, like, if we were, like, just think about this. Christians, we believe that the worst possible thing happened to the best possible person. Like we build a faith around this. By the way, more on that later. (laughs) So as we ask this question, why do bad things happen? See, I've, I've wrestled with this over many years. And I think that there are three main reasons why bad things happen. If you wanna take notes, write this down. Number one is that sometimes bad things happen because we make bad choices. Like sometimes we experience bad things in life because we simply make bad choices. That's not called karma. That's called consequences. And so we have to understand that our choices come with very real consequences, both good and bad. So let me give you some examples. Like you smoke a pack a day for 30 years, you make that choice, maybe a consequence is that you get lung cancer. Like a choice, you give yourself away sexually outside of the covenant of marriage, and in consequence, you experience tremendous heartbreak and pain when it ends. Maybe you constantly overwork day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, never taking a day off, never having a consistent, what the Bible describes as a Sabbath. And then on top of that, you never get enough sleep. And then the consequence, you may eventually experience serious burnout. Maybe a choice is that you constantly live over your financial means and you spend more than you make and you've maxed out four credit cards at 22% interest and then you're only able to make minimum payments and then maybe a consequence is that you get consumed with anxiety because you're drowning in financial debt and stress. Now listen, we've all experienced this type where we've made choices and there's been very real consequences. But look me in the eyes. If you hear just for a moment anything, if you've experienced that or anything else, I want you to hear this. There is no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. So if right now you're hearing that and you're being like bombarded by guilt and shame and regret and condemnation and not just that you've made mistakes, but that you are a mistake, I want you to know that is not from God. 
And let me just go ahead and preach for a moment and tell you that there is, Romans 8, 1 says there's no condemnation. That means there's no guilt or shame for those who are found in Christ Jesus. God makes all things new. He is a God of grace and he can redeem anything, including all the mistakes that you and I have made. But one of the reasons why that may happen is because we make bad choices. Here's a biblical example in Jonah chapter one. Here's what it says in the Old Testament. It says, the Lord, he gave this message to Jonah. And here's the message God gave Jonah. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. So let's just pause for a second. God tells him exactly what to do and where to do it. And every time I read this, it frustrates the fire out of me because I want that so bad. Anybody with me? It's like, God, we just tell me what to do and tell me where to go. And like, that's exactly what God does. And then listen to verse three. Oh, it fires me up. It makes me so mad. Verse three, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Gosh, the, that guy, that guy. He went down to the port of some, some place called Joppa where he found a ship leaving, not, not for where God said, but for this other city named Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. See, Jonah, he made a choice, but that choice came with consequences. The next verse in verse four, it says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. And then in verse 15, it says, then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once because it was his fault. And then it says this in verse 17. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So he made a choice. And that choice had some very real consequences. Now, whenever things like this happen, here's the temptation that I feel, and maybe this resonates with you. A lot of times when I go through something like that, the temptation is, why God? Why did you do this to me? And this is what God tells me. He says, I did not do that to you. You did that to you. See, Jonah would have never been in that storm if he would have just done what God had told him to do. So sometimes... We need to be honest and admit that some of the bad things, not all, but some of the bad things we experience is because of the choices that we make. Instead of blaming God, instead of blaming others, we need to look in the mirror and take responsibility and ownership of the choices that we make because sometimes bad things happen because we make bad choices. That's number one. Here's number two. Sometimes bad things happen because other people make bad choices. Sometimes we experience bad things in life because other people, a lot of times outside of our control, make bad choices. Let me say it this way, that sometimes we experience the consequences of other people's choices. That's not fun, but it is true. Let me give you some examples. Someone decides that I'm going to drive but then I'm gonna text or I'm going to check social media and then veers into oncoming traffic, hits another car head on, killing everybody in the other car. See, they made a choice that tragically affected other people that did not make that choice. And another example is that in a room this size and as many people that watch online, the, the truth is, is that some of you, you know the reality of what it's like to be abused. Maybe that's physically, emotionally, 
sexually, and you know that with that has come some very real consequences and pain that you've had to live with. And it's not because of choices you made. It's because of choices somebody else made. Some of you know that a lot of times, like a loved one who gets in the vicious cycle of addiction, like often that addiction, it just doesn't hurt them, but it hurts everybody that's around them and all the family and the close friends and the addiction that that person makes choices to do, it affects so many more than just that. And if you look at this biblical example that we've talked about in Jonah chapter one, we see that there were other people on the boat and they went through the same exact storm as Jonah did. We see this in verse five, where it says, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods to help and throw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. And then it goes on to say in verse eight, where they just say the question that we're asking today, like, why? Like, why has this awful storm come down on us? And how many of you have asked that same exact question? God, why am I in this storm right now? And sometimes it's not because of the choices that you made, it's because somebody else made other choices. And you're right in the middle of something hard and bad and because somebody else made bad choices. Now, these first two reasons why bad things happen, the fact that sometimes we make bad choices or that other people make bad choices, those two reasons why bad things happen, they actually point to a theological truth that we see throughout the Bible, and that's that there is a cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering. That there is. There's this cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering, meaning that when we or others make bad choices, that our sin, like not doing things God's way, oftentimes that the consequence or the effect can be what is considered suffering. There's this theological truth that's attached. And deep down, let me just be honest, that makes sense to me. I don't like it. <laughs> like, trust me, I don't like it at all. But it makes sense to me. It makes sense that if I make a choice that I suffer the consequences. It makes sense to me that even, some, even though I don't like it, that other people can make a choice that can consequence. Like I, get, I can wrap my mind around, around those two reasons, but what about the bad things that happen in life that don't have anything to do with my choices or that don't have anything to do with other people's choices? What about those things? What about Miss Karen getting cancer? What about the natural disasters that devastate cities? What about that earthquake that was a couple months ago in Haiti that leveled homes, destroyed things? What about that? Like, what about the Hurricane Ida that swept through the Gulf? What about that miscarriage? What about that child getting sick? Let me just be personal and real and vulnerable because here's what I've walked through. Like, what about my oldest son get diagnosed with autism? That wasn't my choice. That wasn't somebody else's choice. So what do I do with that? What do we do with, what about COVID? What about this global pandemic that has rippled through society and has for 18 months affected us in so many different ways? And I think sometimes we just forget about like everything that we've been through because like, I don't wanna deal with that again. 
But man, what do we do with that? There's this tension that we all have to face at some time and we can try to push it aside, but at some point we're gonna have to come face to face with questions like this. Why do those things happen? And here's the, here's the, the tough one to wrap our minds around. I get the first two, but here's number three. If you were to ask me if we were having coffee, it's because we live in a fallen world. That's why some of those things happen is because we live in a fallen world. Now, this one, this one goes all the way back to creation. And you can read about that in Genesis 1 and 2. But let me give you just the quick cliff notes. And then we're going to read from Genesis chapter 3. First, God creates a perfect world. So it's a perfect world. There's no floods, natural disasters, no earthquakes, no storms, nothing like that. Then after he creates a perfect world, God creates perfect humans in his image, Adam and Eve, and they were perfect. So there's no flaws, no sickness in their DNA, no mental illness. And in my humble yet accurate opinion, there was no acne. Like I just believe, I believe that is a result of sin. Uh, just that before that, no acne, just perfect skin. Um, and that was God's original plan. Perfect people living in a perfect world in perfect relationship with him. And they were given one rule, just one. Don't eat fruit from that specific tree. And this is the context for Genesis chapter three, starting in verse one. It says, the serpent, who's the enemy, the devil, Satan, he was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? See, he's always lying. And then in verse two, Eve says, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You will not die, the servant replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And so one bite of fruit changed everything and it caused the perfect world not to be perfect anymore and cause the perfect people not to be perfect anymore. And so one act of disobedience, one bad choice, and then sin entered the world and caused a chain reaction that results in the fallen, broken world that we live in today. In fact, here's what the New Testament says about that. In Romans chapter five, verse 12, it says, when Adam sinned, what we just read about, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin, it brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. In Romans chapter eight, verse 22, it says, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And as hard as this one is, and it's hard, 
Sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. And this third reason, it points to another theological truth. And that is that there is a global relationship between sin and suffering. See, the first two, it points to the fact that there is a cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering. But this one, it points to the fact that there is a global relationship between sin and suffering, that when sin entered the world, it holds the door open for death and sickness and disasters and tragedy. So here's my next logical train of thought. And here's the question that I have that maybe you have. Because when I hear that, like, I understand that's really tough to amen. That's like, yeah, that's great. Thanks for encouraging me today. I totally get it. But also, I feel a burden and a responsibility to be real. Like, these are things that we think about. So let's talk about these things. And the truth is, is that the next logical question that I have when I think about all three of those things is, so why doesn't God do something about it? Get ready for the hope. And here's my answer. He already did. And his name is Jesus. In fact, you want to get infused with hope today. Romans chapter five, verse 17 and 18 says, for the sin of this one man, which we already talked about, Adam, it caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live not in death, but in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for every one, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Church, you need to know, yes, there is a cause and effect relationship between sin and suffering. And yes, there is a global relationship between sin and suffering. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus is more powerful than both of those things. Because when Jesus, when he died on a cross and then walked out of the tomb three days later, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He paid for our sins and he restored our broken relationship with God once and for all. You see, Jesus, he experienced the worst on earth so that you and I could experience God's best in heaven. And because of that, Hebrews chapter six has a beautiful verse that says that we can have hope that is like an anchor for our souls. You know, when you need an anchor is during a storm. So let me just tell you that when you are in a storm of life, if you've made the decision to follow Jesus, even there, you can have a hope that is like an anchor for your souls. That no matter what I go through, I understand that this world is not my home. I am just passing through that I have the hope of heaven. And one day, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, you will be somewhere that will have no more bad days, that you will have no more death and no more pain and no more sickness and cancer and pandemics, that there's going to be no more miscarriages and suicide, addiction, depression, anxiety, no more abuse, no more heartbreak, which allows us to be able to say, even in the middle of some really hard things, I can say what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, where he says, that, because of what Jesus did, that is why we never give up. Throw whatever my way, 
We will never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits, that part that can't be touched, they're being renewed every single day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Now, that right there in another translation says, my light and momentary troubles. If you ever read the Bible, why don't you go read about this man and see what he's been through? He's been through crazy stuff. I mean, harder than anything that we've all been through. And he even lists this resume of, I've been through this, I've been through that, been through that. And the same guy says, these light and momentary troubles. Just these little small things in life. And it's amazing when you see this, it says for our present, man, I want this for my life. My present troubles are small and they're not gonna last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see right here, right now. Rather, we fix our eyes, our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see, the hope of heaven, oh, that's gonna last forever. So why do bad things happen? I think we know that. Come on up, David, come on up. Just everybody's gonna see this anyway. Typically, it's up there. I love you, man. I'm thankful for you. (laughs) He feels so uncomfortable right now. (laughs) So why do bad things happen? I tried my best to give you some answers that you could grab a hold of today that you could hold on to, okay, even when I don't understand everything, even if I don't like it, okay, I can grab a hold of some of those things. But I wanna encourage you with this as we end, is that if you've ever asked that question, like why do bad things happen? And I don't think anybody understands that more than Jesus. Because the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the world happened to the best person in the history of the world. And while Jesus was hanging on the cross, paying for our sins, just read through it this week. Here's what he says. At some point, he cries out in a loud voice, why? So I want you to know that if you ever ask that question, that God can handle it. He is not intimidated by that. That's in fact, that's why we do this series. So we want you to know that it's okay to have some questions. There's gonna be some things this side of heaven that we're not gonna understand. Isaiah 55, it says that his thoughts and his ways are higher than our thoughts and our ways. But if you've ever asked that question, Jesus hanging on the cross says, why? Like, why do I have to go through this? Why have you forgotten about me? And I love this excerpt from this book. It's called The Case for Faith. And I just wanna encourage you that if you've ever like struggled with the things of God and faith, and man, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it. I think this is an amazing resource that I highly encourage that if you've been wrestling with faith, I think this, is a, this helped me so much in a season where I was doing that. And in this, here's an excerpt from this book. And in this book, it says, Suppose you're the devil. So think about that. Suppose you're the devil. You're the enemy of God and you want to kill him, but you can't. However, he has this ridiculous weakness of creating and loving people who you can get at. Aha, now you've got hostages 
So you simply come down into the world, corrupt humanity through your lies and deception and drag as many of them as you can to hell. And when God sends prophets to enlighten them, you kill the prophets. And then God does the most foolish thing of all. He sends his own son. He sends Jesus. And he makes him play by all the rules of this world. And you say to yourself, I can't believe he's that stupid. Love has messed up his brains. All I have to do is inspire some of my agents, Herod, Pilate, the Roman soldiers, the angry mob, and get him crucified. Have him publicly executed. And that's exactly what the devil does. So there, Jesus hangs on the cross, forgotten by his people and seemingly by God, bleeding to death, struggling and gasping for every single breath. And you hear him in a loud voice cry, my God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? Right there in that moment, what do you feel now as the devil? When you hear Jesus hanging on a cross, say, my God, my God, why have you turned your back on me? Right there in that moment, you feel triumph. You feel victory. You feel vindication. You feel like you've won. But of course, you couldn't be more wrong. This is his ultimate triumph and your ultimate defeat. When he rose from the dead three days later, he stuck his heel into your mouth and you bit it and that blood destroyed you, church. Let us never forget, especially on our bad days, that the worst tragedy in history brought the biggest victory in history. And that's why Jesus says in John 16, that in this world, Oh yeah, you're gonna have trouble, but thank God that the verse does not end there. That in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, church. I have overcome the world. Come on, if you are thankful for Jesus, come on, why don't you give God praise? He is good. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and you are new to our church, we always try to, before we end our services, to just create space for us to hear God. We desperately desire to be a church where our Sundays affect our Mondays. And so before we end, I'm asking you to not get distracted about what's next in your calendar or who's sitting beside you. I'm asking you to right here, right now, to just simply have the courage to ask God this, God, what are you saying to me today? Ask him, pray that prayer. God, what are you speaking to me today? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here 
and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you even grew up in church and you know a lot about God, but you don't have a relationship with God. That seems so foreign to you. Maybe you're new to this whole thing and you've never said yes to Jesus, or maybe you have in the past. And today you just need a fresh start. Maybe you're here today and the bad things that you're going through right now, they feel so heavy. And maybe it's because you don't have the hope of heaven. And listen, that can change today. And like everything can change today by making what we consider the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus. And we're not gonna point you out or make you come forward or embarrass you in any way that all I wanna do is lead you in a very simple but very powerful prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, you know that today the choice that you need to make, the step that you need to take is that you need to get right with God. You need to say yes to Jesus, whether that's for the first time or it's all over again. And today you're saying, I need a fresh start. I need a real relationship with God. I need the hope of heaven. And if you're here and that's you and you know that that's your response today and you wanna be included in this prayer that I'm about to pray. On the count of three, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air as an act of surrender to say, I am making that decision today. And if you're here and that's you, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I want you to boldly put your hand up in the air and say, include me in that prayer. One, two, three. If that's you, put your hand up in the air. I got you. Yeah, hands are up. I see it, I see it. It's awesome. It's awesome. If you're watching online, if that's you, just right there in your home, just say, that's me. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? I cannot do that by myself. I need you to help me with that. Will you change me? And will you make me brand new? I surrender everything to you. I give you my life. I surrender my whole life to you. And Jesus, today, right now, I receive your grace. I receive your love. I receive a fresh start. And today, no matter what happened yesterday, I choose to follow you. And I thank you for Jesus who went through the worst tragedy in history so that we could experience the biggest victory in history. We are so thankful for Jesus, especially on our bad days. And it's through Jesus that we pray all these prayers and in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said a big, a loud, a man. Come on, church. Can you clap your hands and celebrate with those that just made that awesome decision? That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.